This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I was just telling Sasha that if you hear anything like lawnmowers, birds, the ever-present humming fan of my computer, outside <laughs> of that last one, I actually have the window open right in front of me because it's like the first day in a long time where the humidity is not awful right now. So I'm taking full advantage yeah. of that before it gets hot and humid again. So... Just everyone bear with me because I don't care. <laughs> it was gorgeous outside this morning too. Um, I just started mm-hmm. training for the running things I have coming up nice. at the end of or beginning of fall. And uh, it was perfect for it. You're doing market to market, right? And the Habsy two weeks Ooh, later. I'm also doing the Habsy. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of of the belief system that like, if I never run another half marathon again in my life, I would be just fine. I've done it now <laughs> quite a few times where I'm like, yeah. I've checked that off my my bucket list. I'm good. Um, but my husband really wants to run a full marathon and wants to shoot for the Lincoln full marathon next spring. So yeah. his thought process was if you do the halvesy in November and then you continue that training on into the full, you know, you take like a little bit of a break where you're not running like, you know, really long runs yeah. through like December, but then get started again in January. That would be a really like just natural way to build up to a full, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to do it alone. So he asked if I would sign up. I was, you know. All right, I guess. I, to be honest with you, the the healthiest I've ever been in my life is when I have been consistently running. Um, mm-hmm. But Same. the time the time is a doozy. That's probably the biggest hesitation for me. It's just like, how am I going to do that through football season? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, my default workout partner is the most she's ever run is a five k, um, and she was like, I'd really like to, you know. I was like, I'm already training for market to market, which I kind of treat like I'm training like for a half, like a half marathon anyway, just because mm. mileage wise, it just makes sense. Yeah. And she was like, I'd love to run a half marathon. And I was like, well, it's like two weeks after market to market. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> Why are you going to be training anyway? Just kill two birds with one stone. But I've also been mm. looking for something just to like relight the fire. Cause sometimes you just get bored with the things that you're doing. And I was like, I, love how I feel when I'm training for some kind of running event. So just, you know, whip myself back into running shape, I guess. <laughs> that, that's truly how I feel. Like I know, for instance, um, I have been trying to kind of get back into just consistently working out. And yesterday I decided, well, over the weekend, I actually decided to buy a, um, a, 
basically desktopper for our treadmill so Mm -hmm. that I can walk while I'm working if I want to. And I used that yesterday for the first time, walked two miles while I was working and just doing some stuff. And then um, I I typically take Scout for a walk during the day. So there's that. And then I also did a boot camp and another walk. And so it's like, I think I walked like four something miles yesterday. And then on top of like the boot camp, which was about a mile and a half of running total, like that's a lot. Like I can't say that I will be uh, committed to that every single day, but even just the treadmill, just like having that to walk on when I'm doing something, not like right now. I mean, y'all don't need the extra (laughs) noise of me walking. Um, But even just like using that as like a way instead of just sitting all day. So I'm trying because I do feel like I felt so accomplished when I was done yesterday. I was like, Oh, I feel like my mental health is better. My physical health is better. But to be honest, it's just like the time commitment, which is like, I know it's not hard sometimes to find 30 minutes in your day, Mm -hmm. but like really it can be when you're tired. Like, yes, that's the thing that I always say, like I appreciate about meathead test kitchen because you and you and Sadie both keep it very real. But I think one of the hardest things about, um, just overall health and training and commitment is that people try to tell you like, you know, it's just 30 minutes, you find that time. And it's like, yeah, maybe I have 30 minutes in my day. But honestly, I might be exhausted, Mm -hmm. I might be burned out. And like getting that 30 minutes to like get off the couch or stop watching TikTok or doing that can be a challenge on its own. So Mm -hmm. my favorite Peloton instructors, every time you get on any of her workouts, she always says, half the battle is done, it's checked done, you showed up. And it's like, it's true. That's a huge piece of it. And so I guess like, I'm just gonna have to figure out how to like show up during football season. Yeah, I, Brian and I were, Brian wanted to like hang out last night for a little bit. Um, and I was like, why? Well, I, I was planning on running at 540. Like I wanted to get up and like, I didn't know what the weather was going to be like. I also wanted to do it. Like, I just know how my day is going to be today. Um, and <laughs> so I literally, my alarm went off this morning. And I was like, I don't effing want to do this but it's only two and a quarter, like get up, go because you'll feel better. And like, I'm so glad I got it done this morning just because sometimes like literally just, I, we, on, I mean, if on meathead test kitchen, like we refer to it all the time. Like if all you can do is the warm up that day, at least you did the warm up. like, mm-hmm. and nine times out of 10, once you get through the warm up, you are good. So I got through my warm up and I did it, but I was like, here we go. We're doing this. There are times where like you'll you'll join a class like in Peloton and it's like a five minute class and they always are really good about saying this and I appreciate this because they'll say um, whether this is a part of a stacked workout like you're coming from another class or you're going to mm-hmm. head to another class or this is just your workout today is this five minute ab class you can get a lot accomplished in five minutes like don't tear yourself down if this is your workout today mm-hmm. like you showed up and you moved habits, habits are just showing up and consistently showing up. And that doesn't mean, like I said, what I did yesterday is not going to be feasible. And if I, if I made that my expectation of every single day, I'm going to work out exactly as I just did today, I would burn myself out so quickly on it. So it was like yesterday that worked for me. Uh, that might not be the reality today, or it might not be the reality tomorrow, but that's okay. And, um, long story short, I, I'm now in this with you. We can run the yes. Havsie together. I'm not very fast. So 
I am I'm not either. Actually, like last little bit on this, but like my running partner, like she, like I said, like hasn't ever had to like train for anything long distance, which is totally fine. But I, we just like got the mileage in this morning and that's all I wanted to accomplish. She goes, I feel so bad. And I was like, why? She goes, I felt like I was slow. I'm like, dude, no, no, no. We're not looking at pace. We're not looking at how long it took today. We're not even looking at that the first three weeks because we have an mm -hmm. extra three weeks off, uh, you know, instead of just a 12 week program, we're going to do 15. Don't worry about any of that right now. We're just getting the work in. That's yep. all we're doing. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like you did the thing and you're not used to doing the thing and that's freaking awesome. And that's all anyone can ask. Like everybody crosses the finish line, whether yep. it's, you know, the fastest mile you've ever run in your life, if a slower mile than you wanted to, it's like, I think, right. I think that's the thing that like, it, it always goes back to me. Like when, like, for instance, having run half marathons and mm -hmm. see the support, like the support is equal for the first person across the finish line and the last person. Right. And so like knowing that, like, if you cross that finish line, that is an accomplishment. Like it doesn't, yes, you might have goals for yourself of like, I want to try to finish in this much amount of time. But like, for me, I'm like, if I just cross the finish line, right. great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard work. It it's not for work. everybody either. <laughs> it is not for everybody. Just like Nebraska, the state. We'll see. It's not for everyone. Uh, we'll see if I am in the same mood of like, it'll be great. I just have to start kind of like game planning because mm. the biggest thing for me is I need to look at my training schedules. I don't know if the training schedule that I had used in the past is going to be, I think it might actually work. Cause like, I think typically the long runs are on Sundays. Yeah. Um, the hard part is going to be whenever I'm traveling and getting home, do I shift that to Mondays? Um, but Mondays are usually typically my busy day. So it's mm -hmm. just going to be one of those things of figuring out like how that training schedule works and yeah. we'll be fine. We'll get it figured out. It's just, you know, this is just going to be a new experience. It'll be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but I was uh, telling Sasha before we got started on this that um, if any of first and foremost, I guess before we hop into this, if any of you are going to be running either market to market or um, a half marathon anywhere, whether it's the Havsey or anywhere in this country, let us know. We'd love to yeah. hear what you're doing, what you're um, up to, or even if you're just, you know, training for, it doesn't matter, like a 5k or just yeah. nothing at all. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com, or you can just tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha 72. But Speaking of contacting people, um, I sent this to Sasha before we started recording and it is behind a paywall. So if you go and look for it, if you don't have a subscription to USA Today, you won't be able to read it. Um, but it does. It, it, the, the point of the story is the same, regardless if you can dive into the details. Um, but the headline is creeps, threats and untraceable calls. Women who cover sports on TV share their stories. Now, this is this is focusing on women in sports television, but it really is very. Um, I mean, it fits for anyone, any woman who covers sports, and um, it it actually kind of triggered me a little bit. And I, I think where this is coming from um, is these stories that are continuing to be told as we talk about fifty years of Title Nine and just mm. sort of where we're at at this state and like how how far have we come? How far do we still have to go? And in this case. They're 
talking about, you know, these are individuals who are on television every single night. They're covering high level games. They're covering everything from high school football to um, NASCAR and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still getting absolutely just harassed over everything. And um, as women working in sports, both Sasha and I can, you know, back this up of what you face stepping into this world. And one of the most frustrating parts to me is people always, when you bring this stuff up, there's always a, there's always a group of people who go, well, if you don't like it, leave. If you don't like that, just don't be in this job or go do something else. And it's like, I just don't know if like that is always the reaction that somebody should have that like, Hey, if you don't like being harassed for all of these different reasons, just don't do a job that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'll start here because like, I, I think, and this is what I was saying to Sasha, a lot of people I think kind of go, well, things have gotten better for women in sports. And the answer is yes, ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's so much work to be done because I recently saw this about a week ago. It was tweeted from the galvanized Twitter account, but it said, we have had a number, we have had numerous galvanizers reach out about a young man who asks you to be on his podcast and becomes aggressive and inappropriate. I've spoken to him and he denies this behavior. Please be wary and reach out if you have any questions or concerns. He will begin professionally by just quote unquote connecting. Laura then on her personal account said, as always, when I post messages like the one below, if you're wondering if it is about you, it is. It is. Step one, circle the women to find out, find out their stories and name you privately. Step two, I name you public publicly. And that step is now next. So she's basically saying, I'm giving you a chance to get your shit together without me publicly naming you. But the second that this comes back up to me, I am going to name you publicly for everyone to know what you're doing. And some people might say like, well, why not just name this person now? I think oftentimes the way I have learned from Laura is that she gives people an opportunity to redeem themselves. Um, Oftentimes they don't, Uh, but she at least gives them that opportunity Mm -hmm. and long story short, I saw that and I'm like, this is so horrifying that you can be a woman working in sports. You get invited on a podcast. Like you think like, I I know for myself when I would be in, when I was getting started, if I got invited on radio shows, podcasts weren't really quite what they are today. But like if I got invited on a radio show, that was so exciting. But like, I imagine if I had showed up to be on that radio show and then getting harassed or getting um, spoken down to or treated badly, like how, um, how just like one terrifying that would yeah. be, but also how just like you suddenly start questioning everything. Like, am, what am I doing here? Why am I, what is going on here? And so I'm thankful for women like Laura Oakman and then galvanize for stepping up for women. But the reality is we're seeing from this USA to art USA today article, which is no surprise to us, Yeah. but for some other people, like this is very real. It's still very prevalent. This is still happening. There are still, as the headline says, creeps, threats and untraceable calls and all kinds of things that happen to women just trying to do their job in sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really frustrating. um, Like you mentioned, just that like, yeah, there have been strides that were taken, uh, have been taken. Um, There have been steps built on the staircase. However, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, There's still, for whatever reason, it seems like, especially with um, females or female identifying uh, folks in sports, 
that are front facing that people feel like they automatically are warranted or guaranteed access to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it can be really scary. And it's also, uh, I think probably disheartening is the word that I would use. It's like, yeah, we've taken strides, but sometimes then you, you still continue to see this happening and it's almost like a step backwards. Um, it's, it's not fun. I will say that. No. And it's, it's hard for me because I will say like, I have insulated myself pretty well where like, I, I will, I have, you know, I've muted enough people. I've blocked people. Yeah. I don't see a lot of things, but there are instances and times where somebody slips through the cracks and, um, you know, it just becomes, um, I don't know. It just becomes like this thing where it's like every so often when something slips through the crack. Now I know that like whenever, like for instance, we, we have a, an episode of this podcast where we talk about something that is um, a possible hot topic for people. Like I yeah. know the comments that that is going to warrant. Like I go into that already like pre-aware yeah. of that. I am accepting in that moment, like this is mentally prepared. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it doesn't make it okay for some of the things that people say, but I have like accepted by talking about this, that, you know, we're going to get some haters as a result. I think the stuff that is always really frustrating to an alarming degree is just when like, it's unwarranted where you're just existing and somebody comes out of the way to tell you that, I mean, in my career, I have heard everything from I'm, um, I only have my job because I'm, I, I'm pretty. Um, but then after our accident, like people, I only have my job because people feel sorry for me. But then at the same time, like, it's really too bad that like my, you know, I have scars on my face now because I'm not the, you know, I don't look as it's always been like this thing where it's like, I'm either too pretty to be smart about sports or it's a shame that I'm no longer pretty and people don't want to listen to me about like, it's like this like cognizant thing where like people like, the, like the cognizant dissonance of just like um, changing sort of like my worth in my role based entirely on how I look. Appearance, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's those things where like, I understand that like, for instance, the other day I was, right. I wrote about, um, Nebraska's recruiting and how they don't have a running back in the class. All the conversation around it was just fine. Like no one came out of the woodwork and was like, you're an idiot. But like, unfortunately there are people who even 10 years into my career who want me to prove that I know what I'm talking about or prove yep. that like, what do you mean? How do you, and it's like, oftentimes like, I don't entertain it, but there are all us also times where I'm like, I've been doing this long enough that like my perspective on this, like there's a reason I have this perspective because yes. I put the work in, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to like, you don't have to like me, but you better at least respect me because I've put the work in. I'm not walking into your job and being like, this person sucks at this. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just, like I said, I think people don't realize how, prevalent this still is yeah uh i've seen it specifically i mean not not so much um like it, it's certain spaces to be honest with you um it's really weird i i've noticed it i think probably the most just personally um like on tiktok if we do a live or something i mean i've been called 
uh, fat. I've been asked who did my eyebrow. It's just like, it's always super superficial, like has nothing to do with what we're talking about or the information that we're putting out there that we've researched and know about. It's always an appearance thing. Or, I mean, we haven't, we're pretty, we're pretty locked down on most of our stuff. And I am just on my social media. So I don't get too many people that, I mean, you can't even, I don't think send me a direct message unless like I'm following you or something. I like, I set it up that way. Cause I just don't have, to, I don't have the time. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I still see it heavily everywhere that people are like, mm -hmm. Oh, and, and people, honestly, I'm super proud of a lot of folks for, literally not putting up with people's shit and outing people for being awful human beings. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I sometimes think about, I sometimes think about like maybe the things I'm missing out on where, because like, it's not as easy, like for somebody to get in touch with me personally, and I don't have my DMS open on really anything mm -hmm. um, for them to get in touch with me, you know, they're having to go out of their way to find my website um, click on the contact form there. It gets filtered from there to me. And so like, I think about sometimes like, is there somebody who'd like to partner with me and like do something and like, I'm not as easily accessible and available. But the reality is, is like, I have to protect myself and my mm -hmm. peace because a friend of mine who worked in sports media for a long time, but has been out of the industry for like, I think almost five years yeah. at this point, um, she has posted on Instagram pretty openly about being stalked and harassed by this man who followed her from her sports media career. And his whole, his whole thing with her is like, he, she's very outspoken. She's very like, she's very blunt with her feelings on things. And like, she's, she talks very like directly about, you know, right now, especially with like women's rights, um, she just doesn't mince words, I think is the best way to say yeah. that. And she has clearly upset this man who she points out all of the time. Like I haven't even worked in sports media all the time. And he comes along to basically remind me that I need to stick to sports. And she's like, I don't work in sports media. Yeah. Um, but like he goes to the point where every time she blocks him on any account, he creates a new account. And so then you might go, but Aaron, I thought in some of these, when I block somebody, I get the pop-up that says, I'm blocking them in any new account that they create. Well, believe it or not, those don't always capture every single new account that somebody creates. And so this guy continues to get through every single filter. Yeah, and that you is can put create a new email account. Yeah. And this, yeah. this guy, like he just continues Yikes. to harass and badger. And um, she has gone to the police about it. Um, she has reached out to all of the social networks about this to like, try to get them to like, do something. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes she's met with responses from these different social networks saying that he has not, you know, he has not done anything wrong. He hasn't like violated their terms of use. Um, the police are basically like, you can get a restraining order. And she's like, what does that do? Like, it doesn't do yeah. anything when the person isn't like near me. So it's like to be a woman in this space, if you come across somebody who just either has decided they hate you to the degree that they aren't going to let you, they aren't going to leave you alone, or they love you to the degree that they're not going to leave you alone. Mm -hmm. Like you are so unsafe because people will seek you out. People will, 
um, they will find out as much about you as they can. And like, you could go, well, then don't just be on the internet, which is really difficult to do when your job has so much of the internet, you know, involved in it. Yeah. So I just, you know, I see that of like, it makes me sad how many women are still being stalked, harassed, um, finding people creeping on them um, when they just are existing to do their jobs. And yeah. that the answer is always, well, then just don't do this job. But as my friend is an example, it literally doesn't matter if you leave at that point. If people have become obsessed with you, it is unsafe. It is unsafe to be a woman in the world. And it, it doesn't matter in sports. It doesn't mm -hmm. like sports are particularly dangerous because they have been like so many other industries. I should be clear. But like sports, you think about predominantly male dominated. They ha It has been something that women have had to consistently find footing in just like people of color find space in mm -hmm. still just climb to find space in this world. And what do we often, what do we often see as pushback when people start to find ground and footing and it's like, well, I don't want you here. Yep. So I just, it, it's, it's one of those things I see that headline. And I'm like, well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say it all the time, but social media is both like, it's a blessing because you have access to information readily available at all times to you, but it's also a curse. Um, and I shouldn't say social media. Um, like, I mean, you do have information. I mean, the internet really, um, <laughs> but it, it's also, it also can be a curse because then depending on what you're willing to put out there about yourself, people have access to you that they never had before um, mm -hmm. or think, like I said earlier, that they like they're, you know, guaranteed that access just because you happen to be in a space that, um, you know, whatever space that they either want you or don't want you in. I think specifically when it comes to sports and we've talked about this a ton over the last two years, um, but uh, of this podcast, I should say. Um, but just, you know, we I, I feel like the access like adds to sometimes like the imposter syndrome, because sometimes regardless of if you believe something about yourself, when it's said over and over and over to you for a certain amount of time, sometimes it's hard to not start believing those things about yourself. So, you know, when someone comes into tax and says, what do you know, you're just a girl um, or, you know, you didn't, you didn't play this or you didn't compete in this. How, how would you know? Like that stuff is like, okay, like, did you, it's really hard not to sometimes get defensive about that stuff. Um, and yeah. it's also really difficult sometimes to protect, protect the spaces that you want to occupy, whether that be, you know, social media or sports or whatever, um, when you constantly have pushback or you constantly have, as the article said, creeps coming after you, sending, you know, trolling messages or, you know, sexually suggestive messages, um, that stuff like still happens all the time. So like, I think that's kind of the reason we wanted to talk about this today because it does still happen, whether that it's happening to us or not, it's happening to other people. It's still a thing that's happening. Yeah. And you know, honestly, like I would even take it beyond, like, it's just not even like women in sports media, it's just women it's in women. media in general, because I was looking and just, yeah, women in general, because I was, I, I was looking at my TikTok and actually two very fine examples right here of two women that I follow. Um, one is a young woman from um, Iowa who just moved to New York City. She wants to be a comedian. Um, she shared a story of how she got, uh, she was waiting for the subway the other night 
And this man was creeping on these young women. It made her really uncomfortable. And so she turned off her music, kept her AirPods in, but was instead listening to what was going on there. She could hear them telling him to go away, to F off, to leave them alone. And um, she's kind of like sitting there on this, you know, subway car of all of these people and no one is doing anything. So when these young women don't, you know, reciprocate anything toward him, he turns his attention toward this other woman and she gets upset. And she's like, why is like no one is standing up for this? And so she gets up and basically goes and gets in his face and tells him to leave everybody alone that like, hey, all of these people and like she's prepared to like get off at the next stop, get these women to go with her and just like, you know, band together. And thankfully he got off. But her frustration was, is there is this train of all of these men sitting there watching this happening and saying absolutely nothing, just, Mm -hmm. uh, just watching it. And that's, I think the hardest part for me is oftentimes in this job, I have been met with, um, things where, um, I watch every single, I, I mean, most of the people around me are men and something happens and I watch all of them just say nothing to keep the peace. They'd say, I, I had an incident that happened this last year where somebody got in my face over something. It was truly on them. They were being really unreasonable. All of these people watched and you know what they did? They waited until the situation was over and then walked up to me and asked if I was okay. I don't need you to ask if I'm okay. I need you in the moment because you clearly recognize what Mm -hmm. happened was BS. Like you clearly recognized it, but instead of addressing it and stepping in and being like, hold up, you're out of line. You can't speak to someone like this. Instead, everyone waited for the situation to essentially be dealt with by me and then came to check on me. Mm -hmm. The point, like, don't check on me. I don't need you to see if I'm okay. I'm fine. I've existed in this world long enough where like, I can handle myself, but I could use you in the moment stepping up and saying something to this man, because Mm -hmm. that is the only way he is ever going to learn that what he is doing is not okay from you. He doesn't care what I have to say, but yeah, Yeah. coming to check on me, what, what is that doing? It might make you feel better in that moment. You might suddenly be like, well, I care about you. So I'm doing this, but like, it doesn't do anything for me. And then when I say this now in hindsight, I promise you there are people who'd hear that and be like, well, you're being so ungrateful. They were just trying to check on you. And that's the part where you just can't win then because it's like, I'm trying to tell people, here's what could have been beneficial in that moment. And I'm instead being met with, why don't you just appreciate me caring? Like if that's, I didn't say I didn't appreciate you caring. What I'm saying is that the way that you make stuff like this stop is by saying something to begin with. Yes. Um, we had a comment on the video the other day that was like, tell my gym bros that. And I was like, you tell them, you, tell you them. go tell them that they, this is unacceptable behavior and they shouldn't be doing this stuff. You go tell them because mm-hmm. they are not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to Sadie. This individual that got in your face doesn't, obviously respect you enough to want to hear from you because otherwise they would not have gotten in your face. They're not going to listen to us. You've got to be the one who says something. That's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to get at here. Like you stop behavior. Like if there's somebody in my life, example, um, my grandmother is older. She'll be 90 this year. Um, But there is a behavior that she repeatedly did over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, Mm -hmm. finally you get to a point where it's like, I respect you as an elder. However, this behavior that you are repeatedly engaging in is not appropriate and it's very um, disrespectful to other people around you. 
-hmm. No one else was going to say anything to her because they thought it would be disrespecting her as their elder. But I was like, but she's not going to know that this is not appropriate if someone doesn't say anything to her, especially if it's us as her family. Like she's not going to listen to some stranger come up and say that to her. She'd probably be very defensive. That's what we talk about with influence. Like when we say that, like you don't have to have like a million followers on social media to have influence. Your influence is very much in the, the world around you. And I don't know how many times we're like, um, I even say to the men in my life who who go like, yeah, this whole thing with Roe v. Wade is is bonkers. I'm like, yeah, you need to be telling your buddies that. Like, I don't know how many men I saw that I know where their wives were talking about things on social media. Their wives were the ones sharing like this is a story. This is a situation that happened to us. But their husbands were the ones noticeably quiet. Mm-hmm. And that is where I'm like, you need to be the one to speak up. You need to be the one to say something. You need to be the one going into your group chats and saying, hey, this is a thing that happened to my wife and I or my partner and I. And like, this was absolutely insane. This is how I feel because there's somebody in that group chat then that is going to have a different perspective by hearing it from you. Because oftentimes women are chalked up as being over emotional, mm. unreasonable. Um, there's all of these like adjectives that get assigned to women for just existing. We're too Mm -hmm. loud. We're too this. We're too that. And at all times, um, at all times, it's just like, what, like, what more can we do if you're not going to talk about it? So when we, when we talk about allyship, like that is a big reason that we're so adamant Mm -hmm. that like men need to speak up. And it doesn't have to happen necessarily on social media. That's why, like, when we talk right. about influence, your influence honestly could be the most influential in your friend group. Yep. Or with the family member. Mm-hmm. Like, it does, and it, these conversations or speaking up does not have to result in an argument. I had somebody over at my house the other night after our hockey tournament that made just a really shitty comment out loud to some kid that happened to be out in the street. And I was like, absolutely effing not. You are not going to do that in my house. And he did one of those like backed up a little bit. Like, oh my God, I was just joking. Like, it's not a funny joke. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't get to do that. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call you on your crappy behavior. That was really dumb and insulting. Like, and and also like, here's the thing. Cause like, even in kind of a similar vein of that, like even like recently at work, I, I had a conversation where I said something where I'm like, no, don't you, you don't, don't speak that way. Yeah. And oftentimes, especially when a woman speaks to a man in that way, where you say like, Hey, um, don't, they act like, Oh my, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Like uh, I was just joking. It's like, no, you also though need to be able to take feedback from women where you hear us as I'm giving you this opportunity to learn here instead of like, she's being unreasonable. Yep. And I like I have found in my career, the people who think I'm the most difficult to work with tend to be men. And a big part of it is they don't like that. I essentially don't just like take shit for the sake of taking it. Like I often push back on things. I often ask why I often want to push to be better. I And there are people who get real uneasy in that situation. And it's like, I I always find it interesting where I'm like, people take pushback as mean. And that's the part for me as a woman in sports where it's like, just because I push back on something doesn't mean any piece of what I was doing was mean to you. In fact, 
It wasn't at all. But because that is what you associate it with, I've now become the villain. Right. Yep. It, it's, you know, standing up for something that, you know, you believe is incorrect or like should be corrected or should be discussed is never a mean thing. But I feel like a lot of times, like you said, like coming from uh, a female or female identifying individual, like in a space that is predominantly men, um, it always is, it's almost 99% of the time is always perceived that way. It's like no criticism can come from us. Like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to say like, maybe this is something that could be improved upon. Um, I had to have a conversation with somebody not long ago about like, hey, you know, maybe we don't refer to people who um, you know, happen to be women as girls when they are at a certain age, like girls, you know, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. offensive to some people, if not most people. And it was, t- <laughs> there was a fence taken. He's like, you know, this, this person was like, I don't, I don't know if I, I didn't know. I was like, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to bring this to your attention because I, I assumed that maybe you didn't know that that was something that may be inappropriate. You don't know what you don't know. So when exactly. you're presented with new information, it's always about how you take it. Because I think a lot of people don't even realize, like, just the sheer... De- and so if anyone's listening to this right now, for instance, um, and you are unsure of this, I am happy to... I have this conversation quite a bit with yeah. um, people that I work with. Um Girls is typically uh, like through high school and not typically it is. The definition is essentially through like, so if you're talking about sports, girls sports are through their senior year of high school. The second they're a freshman in college, it becomes women's sports. Um, There's it's black and white. Same thing with boys and men's sports through high school, boys, college and beyond is men's. If like, and like, there's also layers to this where like a lot of people and I actually still catch myself on this one is hey guys hey guys guys yep because that has become such like just slang in our society but there's a lot of there's a lot that can get wrapped up into that where it's like why are we addressing a group of women as guys yeah so like i use things like i try at least hey y'all hey everyone hey all um like just trying to be more mindful of the way that I address people. And that yeah. is something that I'm consistently working on. But when we talk about making, whether it's sports or workplaces or anything more um, inclusive, it's, it's not hard to take two seconds to like stop yourself and think, wait, instead of saying it that way, I'll say it this way. Mm-hmm. Or let me think about how I'm addressing this group of people to be as inclusive as I possibly can. There is no harm done to you by doing that, by trying to be inclusive and by being mindful that, yeah, if like somebody came to like my, in your mentions right now, after Mm -hmm. this episode and said, hey girls, just listen to this. I would, honestly, I would mute you in a heartbeat. Like it is, it is massively offensive to me when somebody calls me a 34 year old woman, a girl, because I'm Mm -hmm. not a girl. And like, People go, well, what's the equivalent of, hey, you know, if I'm saying like that guy over there, technically it is a gal, that gal over there is technically, but if you're like, well, I don't like that, well, then you've got to change how you speak. Like in like, I understand that that's awkward and can be uncomfortable, but it's really not hard. Oftentimes I just don't even use, I'm just trying to change how like I use gender, gendered language in general, instead of like saying like, you can just say they 
you can just say that person over there. Like it's not like that big of a deal to just say like, I was talking to that person right there. I was talking to them. And like, you can remove honestly any of that from it where you don't even have to worry about it. If that's something that's going to be such a big deal. I, the only reason that I know how often I say, or used to say you guys is because of how often I say you all now or y'all. I, I think we had this conversation around a year ago. And since then, since you said that because of this podcast, I was like, Oh my gosh, I really say that a lot. And I've, you know, I've really worked to just, it, and it didn't take that long. It was literally just doing it. It's like a habit, <laughs> just like slang becomes a habit, you know, like you guys or Hey dudes or whatever. Um, like it, it literally is, it's a word change. That's it. It's mm-hmm. one word. And I think so hard. I, I think that's also a big piece of like media. So when, when we to kind of make this all full circle, yeah. and I think that this is really important is when we talk about women getting harassed and, you know, getting creeped on and all of this stuff, I think what we can do in the media and men in the media, especially need to be very cognizant of this is you can, you can bring legitimacy and change perspective in the way that you talk about things in the way that you shift. the. So if you say I'm here with a group of, you know, amazing women, mm-hmm. like just, saying women instead of girls legitimizes everybody in that situation in a way very differently. And I think if we don't kind of be more cognizant of how we speak about people, it it allows people to think it's okay Mm -hmm. to just talk, talk about them in a way that's like, you know, Oh, well, you're not like, you're not treating them this, like you're treating them like whatever, like they're not as good at their job or as whatever. So I can too. I think like knowing like how we treat the people around us, treat our coworkers, treat the women in media that we work with is going to have an effect on the people consuming their media as well. I'm not saying that men in sports media are, that is a really loud truck. Um, I'm not saying that men in sports media are like to blame for women getting stalked and harassed, not at all. But I'm just talking about like when, you know, we speak about allyship and the power that people of privilege have in Mm -hmm. spaces, you can make a big change where somebody sees somebody in a different light because of the way that you speak about them and the way that you legitimize their words and their Mm -hmm. existence within that space. They don't need you to, you know, they don't need you to say they deserve to be there. They deserve to be there, but they just need your support. Like just supporting is a huge deal. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I I think that's the, that's the easiest way to, you know, like I know that sometimes maybe calling people out on behaviors is uncomfortable, comfortable for some folks. And that's totally like, I totally understand that. So, you know, another way to, to be an ally or support the people around you is to do exactly what Aaron just said, like mm-hmm. just the way that you speak to people or about people. We had this conversation. We kind of mentioned this like a few episodes ago, just like the conversations that you have are about people when they're not around can impact other people's like outlook on who that person is. So like, or even about yourself, like I think is what we were talking about on that episode, but like your words do matter. Mm-hmm. Words matter a lot. I just, Oh, I don't know. It just like bums me out whenever I see these stories continue to come up because it's like, yes, it has gotten so much better. Like I think about like when I started on this beat 10 years ago, like 
I was one of like the only women in any spaces. And now um, there are women both behind the camera, in front of the camera, other beat reporters, like interns. There's all these women that are working themselves into this space. The thing I just don't want to happen is to continue to chase them away. And I think about places like Nebraska where it's like, I don't want women to be like, I want to be in sports media, but I don't want to be in sports media here. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do we change that? And there's often times where I will say, like, I speak to classes of journalism students and I say that exact thing because I feel like you kind of have to start with people who, in my my opinion, are young and mm -hmm. they're they're not yet like set in a way where it's like we can change perspectives with your age group. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I'll even sit in big classrooms and say that and I can see I can see the like I can see the young men who recoil when I say that. And I'm like, I'm not attacking anyone in here everybody in here has every like is all deserving of the same opportunities that they work hard for like mm -hmm. I, it's like i'm not saying that but it's like the second you start to be like we need to hire more women we need to hire more people of color into these spaces it is without a doubt almost met with like you're just trying to take jobs from me you're just trying to say that i don't deserve this and it's like no, no. it's not what it is at all and i don't know how to explain to people that making the pool my pool of candidates more diverse does not take away from you. In fact, it should then tell you if you get that role that you are the best candidate. Yes. Because eliminating people from being like within that like with from eliminating people from having the opportunity doesn't mean you are the best available option. It or you were the best option. Right. It just means you were the best available option. Yeah. Like what is that how you want to get ahead in life is knowing that like I did it because I essentially I essentially made sure that there were other people who couldn't be a part of it. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I just <sighs> I, I hate that. And I hope for so many women, like, I hope that, I hope that this gets better. I just, I don't think I, girls should have to grow up in a world where like, this is a, something where they have to think about, like, is the job I'm going to go into, whether it's science or sports or this or that, like, I'm going to be met by people who are going to like, hate my existence here because of just something that I like, it, it has no bearing on my ability to do my job. Right. I just, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's so, it's so hard. And like, I hate watching content creators too, just get like absolutely torn down, especially women for just existing. And it's yeah. like, you're just, we could go on forever about this and I won't, but it's just, it's frustrating and it's sad and it's, um, I think that uh, the reason that we continue to have these conversations, like, I mean, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't just go away. Ignoring a problem doesn't make it disappear. Um, I, well, <sighs> it's just one of those things that for everyone listening, if we could give you anything, just like be mindful of like, just keep an eye on things like in the world. Like, as you see this, like you just, I mean, sometimes like if you just open, um, if you just open like the replies to people and you see what some of, you know, like some women and some people of color face in this industry, as far as like what people are so openly willing to say to them, I think just being aware how real and how prominent this, this is like, not like I was so proud to be a part of that title nine special. And I still am for Nebraska public media to see how far we've come in 50 years for women in sports is amazing. 
But I say that as, you know, we're not at a place where we can go, well, we're done. Like we've done everything that we can time to move on because like title nine, isn't even just about sports. In fact, title nine wasn't introduced as sports. It was about education opportunities. Mm -hmm. It was about providing the same opportunities for women that were granted to men. And that is across the board in academics. It's not just athletics. Now it had a big piece in athletics, but like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much more to be done. There's so much more to strive for. Women should be safe on college campuses. They should be safe from the, from being harassed and um, sexually assaulted and raped in spaces that they should be allowed to freely exist and learn. Um, and that is not even pulling in the sports side of it. So then you start to bring in the sports side where it's like women should be free to not only get their education, but to participate in sports without having to deal or worry or be concerned about any of these other, without any of this other stuff. Like if you just think about like, I don't know. I just think about like how many men when they gave those like college campus, like safety things really sat there and as they were walking on campus really actually made note of the blue lights and ever thought to themselves, mm -hmm. if I had to press a blue light, it says that a police officer will be there within 60 seconds, but how likely am I already going to be abducted or dead? by that time. Like those are always the things for me where I'm like, yeah, those blue lights are great that they exist, but are they actually going to even do anything? But like, I always wonder like how many men actually thought about that on campus? Like how many men are like looking at those blue lights and going like, that's the only thing that's the only safety measure, at least at the time. Now you have phones, but even then it's like, yeah. um, I digress. I could go on forever, but it's just like the world is not a safe place for women. And unfortunately, when we see these stories about just like the harassment that women on television are still getting, it's like, of course, it, it's yeah. not fixed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really frustrating. So we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep talking about it. I could just go on and on forever, but We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. You can also tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72. We appreciate you as always. We've had a couple of pretty heavy episodes recently. Um, I think it just kind of, kind of ebbs and flows. To be honest with you, there are times where it's like, you know, things are lighter and brighter and happier. Mm -hmm. And there are times where it's just not. And you know what? I think that's pretty, um, pretty typical of life. So we appreciate yeah. you going on the, you know, the ebbs and the flows and the, the ride with us. Um, what will we talk about next week? Who knows? Um, but <laughs> football season is going to be here before we know it. And yep. it's just going to be full steam ahead. So I say just football season, but it's also um, volleyball season. It's uh -huh. also uh, so women's soccer season. Um, there's so many sports that like Nebraska doesn't have that I'm not even like cognizantly <laughs> aware of where I'm like, who else plays in the fall? There's probably, I, I know, I know lacrosse plays in the spring. So not lacrosse, unless women's lacrosse. No, I don't think so. I think they're all in the spring. I don't know. See, look, I have so much to figure out. What other sports exist that I am aware of? <laughs> we'll figure it out, and maybe we'll talk about it next maybe week. Maybe we can talk about random sports that yeah. Nebraska doesn't have and why we wish they did. There you go. <laughs> and then we'll send that episode to Trev Alberts and be like, here's our thoughts on any future sports that you might be able to add for Nebraska. Like I would love a women's hockey team. That's just, look, I'm just saying that would be awesome. somebody wants to throw that out for Trev. I'm, I'm on board. I'll sign, I'll sign the petition. Same. So, well, we appreciate you as always. We'll be back next week. Um, be sure to be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And we will talk to you later. Bye.
Ahura Media Production.